up? What's up? What's up, my people? Welcome to episode 66 of Who Gives a Dram. We are here better than ever, better than the last week, better than the week before, and better than the week before that because it's a new week. It's a beautiful week. It's a great week to have a great week. And today is a great day to have a great day. I am your host, Connor. Um, and together we are going to be here reviewing a little whiskey and talking about the week that we all had. Um, I had a great week. It was a fantastic week, actually. Um, got a lot of stuff done. A lot of things happened. A lot of big sporting events. A lot of big trailers. A lot of big, a lot of big everything. And I'm excited that we get to talk about it. Um, before moving on, however, let us always remember that the best way to support the podcast is to subscribe on all platforms, leave a rating and review on iTunes, go follow Bourbon with Friends on all socials, go follow Who Gives a Dram on all socials, and most importantly, go buy my merch. Who Gives a Dram uh, has a sweatshirt out for 35 bucks. I make less than $5 on every order, so it's about as cheap as I can make it while being a drop shipper. Um, and I hope you all enjoy it, and I hope you go buy it, www.thegreatfinemedia.com. Go to the shop. It's there. I'll link it below in the show notes. Um, and this podcast is also brought to you by The Great Fine Media, as it always is. Um, so, yeah, man. Yeah, that's really it. Um, first things first, I will be in Kentucky this weekend. Um, so whoever's listening to this, if you're if you're in Kentucky... Uh, hit me up, slide into my DMs, let me know, because I will be in Kentucky Friday night to Monday, like, afternoon-ish. Um, and the reason for that is I am going to be hanging out with my fellow Bourbon with Friends co-host, Paul, um, and we're going to have, we're going to do some shenanigans together, we're going to record some podcasts together, and uh, we're going to have some fun. So that's really the reason that we, that I am going down there. Uh, I got to fix this, there we go. That's the reason why I'm going down there, because uh, me and Paul have never met before, and we need to meet in order to further our bond as, uh, you know, the greatest podcast out there. But no, we I'm, I'm going out there because we're actually uh, picking a private barrel uh, from Bradshaw Bourbon that is going to be a commemorative bottling for our whiskey event, for our bourbon charity event, the Bourbon Ball the Kentucky Bourbon Ball, April 23rd, benefiting the Folds of Honor charity. Um, all of our VIP guests will be getting a commemorative uh, Bourbon with Friends uh, barrel pick from our friends at Bradshaw Bourbon, and that's going to be huge. Not only have I never done a barrel pick before, but I've also never like been to a distillery, which is insane because I've been doing this podcast for over a year. And I've made some really good, I've been thankful and lucky enough to make some really good connections. Yet I still haven't, I still haven't been to a distillery before. So this that's going to be fun. We have a few podcasts lined up and I'm sure we will, we will, <laughs> I'm sure some weird stuff is going to happen. I'm sure some Instagram lives will be taking place. I'm sure some videos will be made and I'm sure that it's going to be a good time. And I'm honestly looking forward to it. I don't travel often. Um, actually, if I'm being honest, if I'm going to be honest on the podcast, which I am, I've never traveled. I've never really traveled far. This is going to be my first time flying, so kind of nervous about that, but I'll get over it. Um, 
and it's just a weird feeling that this is kind of where whiskey has brought me. I'm traveling to Kentucky to talk with some really cool people to pick my own barrel of whiskey um, with my good friends, um, with people who I consider some of the closest people in the in the whiskey business to me, um, especially Paul, you know, just probably the closest guy I have in this business, um, a good, a legitimately a very good friend of mine. Um, and just to talk business and to have a good time. I mean, it's just crazy. I, I, you asked me this a year ago. I never would have thought. If you asked me start, like literally exactly a year ago, if you asked me this, I would have been like, that will never happen. I'll never go down and pick my own barrel because I can't afford it. And why would I? So the fact that we're here is is really cool. And I'm I'm just really looking forward to going, going down to Kentucky. seeing Hopefully seeing some people. I don't know if anyone's even going to be near where I'm near because I don't even really know where I'm going to be. Um, but if you're anywhere near the Bourbon with Friends headquarters, which is somewhere in Kentucky, hit me up on Instagram. Let's see if we can, we we can get together real quick and maybe grab a drink or something like that. Um, but regardless, it's going to be a great time and I'm looking forward to it. And that's happening. I'm leaving Friday afternoon to get there for like Friday evening. I'm flying out of Providence. I'm touching down in DC and then I'm going to, um, Lexington, I believe. It's either Lexington or Louisville. I don't know which one. Um, and then Monday afternoon, or Monday later in the day, I'll be leaving. I'll get back home around like 11 or so. So that's going to be fun. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, my first experience flying. It's going to be a legendary one. <laughs> it's going to be It's gonna be a good one. I And I don't know if you guys are watching the YouTube podcast. I got a new phone, um, finally which I don't even have this in like my little notes I want to talk about, but I got a new phone finally. Um, I had my upgrade, so I paid like 150 bucks all said and done for my new iPhone 13 Pro. So if the video quality looks a little better, that's, that's why. It's because I got a new phone. My old phone had a crack on the front camera, so anytime I did TikToks or Instagram Lives or anything facing the front camera, it was always like blurry and like lights would reflect off the camera and it looked like streaking glitters or gleams of light on the on the on the uh freaking camera so I, i wanted to get rid of that because i'm a professional and i need to look like a professional when i'm taking my selfies so i did that and now we're good but i think hopefully the um that means that our our uh our video quality is a little bit better because I don't have a camera. It's all recorded right on my iPhone in terms of the video. And I think it looks pretty damn good for that. Um, so before we get into the whiskey, I have a few things I'm going to talk about. As always, I'm going to pour the whiskey, let it sit in the, in the Glencairn for a little bit. We are doing the highly coveted, newly released Jack Daniels 10-year bourbon, or not bourbon, whiskey uh, today. We will talk about why Jack Daniels is not considered bourbon when we uh, go over more of the whiskey. Do a cork pop here. Um, so we're going to pour this. We're going to let it sit. We got a few things we got to talk about. And then we'll get this ball rolling on the interview. I mean, I'm sorry, on the review. First things first, Super Bowl weekend. I love Super Bowl weekend. I think Super Bowl weekend is, man, it's got to be top 10 weekends of the year, I think. And it's solely because of the amount of food that you eat. I had, what do we have? We're going off a list. Bagel bites, Tosquitos, 
Cape Cod potato chips, Dorito, uh, Doritos, uh, Buffalo chicken wings, barbecue chicken wings. And what we always do in my family, it's a tradition. My family is all about traditions. And I, and I want to continue that when I, when I, when my seed is walking this earth is traditions. I love traditions. One of our more obscure family traditions is is having root beer floats during the halftime show of the Super Bowl. Um, so that was also on the list, root beer floats. It was a great night, just me, my dad, and my mom, um, chilling, watching the Super Bowl, uh, getting all fat and happy, and <laughs> drinking some root beer floats at halftime. Speaking about halftime, the halftime show was awesome. Uh, it seems like it's very being positively reviewed online. I thought it w- it's being a, like a little bit overhyped. I mean, it wasn't that good. 50 Cent sounded terrible, but it was cool to see him there. And now he's hanging upside down like a bat, like Batman, um, like black man. <laughs> Imagine if 50 Cent was Batman. How would that go? I wonder if 50 Cent, I wonder what's, I wonder what, I wonder if 50 Cent can fight, like legitimately fight like Batman. Like if he has any ounce of professional, or not professional training, but boxing or, or kickboxing or something like that. I would be, I, I would need to think about what character 50 Cent could play in the Batman universe. My first, my first assumption is... Alfred. Anyways, <laughs> um, uh, what were we talking about? Yeah, Fifty Cent wasn't that good in the halftime show. Mary J. Blige was obviously lip syncing that first song, and I, I don't know. I mean, I wish we heard a little bit more Kendrick. I thought Kendrick was like the best one out of all of them. Uh, obviously, I, I'm a huge Eminem guy, so he- hearing him play "Lose, Lose Yourself" was cool. Uh, Dre and Snoop doing. Um, Next episode and still Dre was awesome. I wish they gave another song to Snoop and another song to Eminem and another song to Kendrick. And honestly, I would have been fine with getting rid of 50 Cent and Mary J. Blige altogether. But um, you got to get another another song to Eminem. He's literally the most famous one up there. Besi- Dre and Snoop are, are very famous and Dre is very rich. But I, I feel like Eminem is the most polarizing one up there by far. And by far the most popular and in terms of record sales, I would assume the most successful. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, the actual game itself was very fun to watch. Um, I feel bad for my but for my for my man, my buddy, like I know him, uh, Joey Burr, aka Joey Franchise, aka um, Joe Burrow. I was rooting for him hard. I really wanted him to win. I really wanted the Bengals to win. Um, but deep down, if you re- ask me, deep down, I knew that they weren't gonna win. I just knew they were, there was no chance they were going to win. The the Rams with how good their defensive line is and how bad the Cincinnati or, or Cincinnati's offensive line was there's no chance you're stopping um Von Miller never mind Aaron the the greatest defensive player in recent history in Aaron Donald. So I, I just didn't see them winning but I was pulling for them hard and I was rooting for them it was a great game though it shout out to the Rams getting their uh getting their uh Super Bowl win shout out to Matt Stafford finally getting something um 
Cooper Cup and uh, Super Bowl MVP, well deserved, stud. And although I'm a Giants fan, I should technically hate OBJ. He played really well in the postseason, and it looked like he probably, I don't know if the reports are out now of what his injury is, but he probably strained his knee. It didn't look like he tore anything or or, or really badly injured his knee, but um, he did play well, and he, he did deserve what you know getting that championship ring. So I'm happy for him. Um, and I love Sean McVay. I'm a big Sean McVay guy too. I, I think he's I think he's great. So that was fun to watch. I had a really good time during the Super Bowl watching that, and I also had a really good time watching the trailers of the or the trailers slash commercials from the Super Bowl. I had a few favorites, and I'll start with what my favorite actual commercial was, and then we'll talk a little bit about the trailers that we saw because there's one in particular that we need to talk about a little bit more in depth than the rest. My favorite commercial was, I think it was for GM, with Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil is, if you had to make a list, definitive list, of the top 10 movie villains of all time, and you don't put Dr. Evil in there, you're wrong. Dr. Evil is, I mean, talk about an icon from like the late 90s to the early 2000s. The Austin Powers movies were huge. And Mike Myers cemented his GOAT status just from those movies, never mind Shrek or never mind any of the other movies that he was in, Inglorious Bastards. Bet you didn't know that. I'm sure you did, but I bet you forgot. Uh, he's a he's a legend, and he, the fact that he's double-playing Austin Powers, and he's playing Dr. Evil, he's playing Fat Bastard, he's playing Gold Member, I'm sure he's playing other people too, is just insane. And the fact that they get Michael Caine to play his dad is just like perfect casting. But anyways, I loved that commercial. It made me laugh out loud when, they, when he said, when Scott was saying he had a baby, and Dr. Evil goes, I'll name him Baby Me. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> That was hilarious. I send a meme all the time to my friends with it's just Dr. Evil looking at the camera like this. Let's them know I'm up to something no good. Let's my friends know I'm about to do something dirty. Um that was by far the best commercial of of the Super Bowl. And it wasn't even close. Now, but we did have a few trailers. Um Moon Knight came out with a with a, a, a special like sneak preview or, you know, an extended trailer. That's coming out next month. Um we got to see uh, Moon Knight's full cape, which I thought was cool. I wasn't huge on it when the trailer first came out, but now I'm pretty big on it. I, I think it's going to be really good. And what Kevin Feige is saying with you know, how mature it's going to be and how really violent and gory and almost like hor- you know, kind of scary it's going to be, I- I'm all for that. I-, I am going into it with a very open mind and almost kind of expecting a little bit too much based on how every single Marvel movie and TV show has been in the past. So I'm really looking forward to Moon Knight, and I'm looking forward to breaking that down um, on the podcast, you know, episode by episode, going a little bit further into it. Uh, we had uh, the Jurassic World Dominion trailer, which I think looks awesome. I think they finally, like, it doesn't look, it doesn't look CGI anymore. It really doesn't look CGI anymore. And speaking about looking CGI, I didn't write this trailer down, but we have to talk about it, is the Lord of the Rings trailer as well. But let's talk Jurassic World first. Um, The original cast coming back with the new cast is awesome. Chris Pratt looking very handsome, very scrumptious in the the, uh, trailer. 
um, Sam O'Neill or Sam Neill, whatever his name is. Um, I always forget his name in Peaky Blinders, but it's a legendary character. Um, ah, shit, I can't remember. He's in Peaky Blinders season one and season two. Um, along with Jeff Goldblum and the other girl who was also in a Star Wars movie. She was in The Last Jedi. Forgot her name. Forgot her real name. But the three, the two groups coming together and having to stop an even bigger T-Rex is just going to be awesome. And the fact that uh, Chris Pratt is training Blue to protect him and his family, as at least that's what it looks like, that's what I gathered from the trailer, is going to be awesome. I thought it looked visually stunning, and I would not be surprised if it's going to be the number one grossing movie of this year. It's There's a toss-up between a few movies um, Jurassic World Dominion if it ended up being the number one domestic movie of the year I wouldn't be surprised I don't know if it'll be international I think Avatar will probably beat it out even though like who wants to watch Avatar I don't know uh, the Lord of the Rings trailer was not impressed with it not one bit and I'm actually like I've gone on record saying it's probably the most anticipated show of the year it probably still is but like it just looked not good it looked like the production uh, quality of The Hobbit and if it's going that route I'm not watching. If they're going to do CGI orcs instead of real prosthetics, I'm not watching. I don't want to watch it. I hated The Hobbit for that reason. That's what makes The Lord of the Rings so freaking good is even though it's in an era where CGI wasn't good, the prosthetics were like the best ever, ever in any movie. So if they're going to go down that route, I have no interest in watching it at all. The white orc in The Hobbit just uh, just pisses me off. I hate even thinking about him. How much better does the white orc look in The Return of the King than the one in all the Hobbit movies or whichever ones he's in? I just don't like it. Even Smog, Benedict Cumberbatch, Benny Cumbies. I mean, even even uh, Smog looks bad, I think. I, I don't know. I really hope it's good because I really, really like The Lord of the Rings. I just have a really bad feeling that it's not going to be good. The last trailer that we need to talk about. Let me take a sip of water first. The last trailer that we need to talk about is the trailer that blew my mind. And they showed it before the game even started. And I thought, all right, my night's over. I can go to bed happy. Is the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This trailer was madness. This trailer overperformed in every single aspect a trailer can overperform in. I didn't think it was possible to build hype after Spider-Man. Spider-Man got so much hype, and it's killing it at the box office. Uh, It officially passed Avatar for the third highest grossing movie domestically ever yesterday, which was Valentine's Day, so two days ago when by the time this podcast rolls around, which is mind-boggling, absolutely mind-boggling. I didn't think it was possible to build more hype for a movie after that because the movie was so hyped with, is Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire going to come back? Are we going to get other Marvel characters in this? Yada, 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 yada. I think... I don't know if this movie will beat the box office of Spider-Man. I actually would be very surprised if it did. But 
it might beat the single day record. Like it might beat Spider-Man for number two all time in terms of an opening day. Because I am so hyped for this movie. I am so hyped for the Batman, which I'm going to go see in a few Thursdays. And I am so hyped for Doctor Strange. I'm even more hyped for Doctor Strange than I am for Obi-Wan. And that's saying a lot because I love Obi-Wan. Star Wars Jesus. A few key points in the Doctor Strange trailer. Seeing Wanda go from good Wanda to bad Wanda was awesome. She is such a great actress. And Benedict Cumberbatch is such a great actor that they are going to mix so well together on the screen. I cannot wait. Seeing the zombie incarnates of each of them, which essentially confirms that we are getting a live-action what-if, at least inspired movie. It might not take directly from what-if, but it is taking aspects. Remember, Wanda uh, Wanda was a zombie in What If, and Vision kept her alive and was feeding her people to keep feeding her people like real people to keep her alive. So, this is all canon. This is all real stuff. Oh, I don't know if What If's canon technically, but they happen in other in other universes. But we see both of them as their zombie selves. We get a basically basically a very hard stamp that the Illuminati, the MCU's Illuminati is going to make a presence in excuse me, in this movie. And aside from all of the huge shots, the CGI looked awesome in the trailer. American Chavez punching people and the big octopus thing. Um and Doctor Strange's powers and Wong and the uh the sorcerer that was a bull that's in the trailer. And everything Wanda related and attention. Patrick motherfucking Stewart confirmed to come back as Professor X. Is he the Professor X from the X-Men movies? Don't know. Is he the Professor X from Logan? Probably not. Is he the Professor X from the comics or the or the animated series? Who knows? But I do know that that was 100,000% Patrick Stewart's voice. And when I heard that while watching the official trailer on my phone, I... I, I yelped like a little girl. X-Men, the X... It's just so good how they how they tie all these things together. And they're doing it so well. I want to see this movie so bad. I need to see this movie. I don't want to wait till May. I just can't believe that we are... We're, we're finally bringing in the X-Men. We're finally bringing in mutants. I can almost guarantee that uh, Mr. Fantastic was sitting on that Illuminati council. I can almost guarantee that we might be getting a superior Iron Man. Probably played by Tom Cruise, if I had to guess. Because that's what the rumor is. And at this point, I'll believe anything. Just give me the movie. I want three hours of nothing but magic and cameos and people dying, and zombies, and Wanda Maximoff. So yeah, that was such a good trailer. (laughs) 
was such a good trailer, honestly. And that was my favorite part of the night was the Doctor Strange trailer. And that's be- that's the nerd in me. I loved the game. I loved the halftime show. But the- that Doctor Strange trailer really, really drove it home for me in terms of, like, it just totally amplified my excitement for everything MCU moving forward. Um, I'm still wa- just as hyped for the Batman. I think the Batman's going to be the best movie of the year. And I cannot wait to see it. Uh, March, I think it comes out March 4th, but I'm going to see it at March 3rd. I got like Thursday night tickets um, at my local theater, which I always do. That's going to be fun. Um, I spent a little bit more t- time talking about that than I wanted to. Boba Fett's season finale was a letdown, and my gripe with the Boba Fett season finale, spoilers if you haven't seen it, um, why didn't Boba Fett just use Slave One, his ship, to just kill, to kill everybody? I, I don't understand that. They obviously didn't care about damage to the city because half the city was destroyed, especially after that Rancor or whatever it was called went through the entire, all like half of the buildings that looked like they were made of sand. So, um, it was pretty disappointing in terms of a season finale. I think they're just at this point. We're just we're all ready for Obi Wan in May. We're we want we're ready for it, and um, the the entire show and its totality was just not very good to begin with. It was good. It was good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it just wasn't. It wasn't Mandalorian. It wasn't any of the MCU shows. It was probably better than Falcon Winter Soldier, but it, it it's tough. It's tough to have a Boba Fett show when his helmet is off three quarters of the time and he's not even in two of his own episodes <laughs> but those two episodes especially episode six were legendary um so I was pretty disappointed in it but whatever I mean it was fine it was fine uh we had big fights this weekend too we had a lot going on this weekend I told you guys a lot of things happening Adesanya versus, versus Whitaker UFC 271 um Adesanya probably my second favorite fighter behind McGregor um won by unanimous decision I think it was 48-47 on two scorecards and 49-46 on one scorecard um kind of just beat up Robert Whitaker beat him up pretty good um what I like about that fight is everybody is hating that it's a it was a boring fight and people even saying that Robert Whitaker won I don't see any outcome where Robert Whitaker's winning. He landed maybe one, maybe, maybe two significant takedowns out of however many he attempted and however many he actually like brought Adesanya to the ground for. To have a legit takedown in the UFC, you need to maintain. You need to maintain control as the fight goes to the ground. If the opponent is automatically getting back up right when you take them down or seconds after you take them down, that should that is that isn't considered a takedown. And if it is for some reason, it should not be. Adesanya got taken down a few times, but he didn't really because he got right back up and then he would piece up Whitaker. Adesanya was using his leg kicks phenomenally, keeping Whitaker at distance. And I just don't think Whitaker could figure it out. I think um, Whitaker was using his feints well this time around and was was kind of 
was more strategic in when he was going to go in and, and attempt to get closer. But Adesanya is the best striker the UFC has ever seen. And I'm going on record saying that. Um, besides maybe Anderson Silva, Adesanya is the best we have ever seen. And unless you're on his level in terms of striking or very close to it, it's going to be tough to get inside, even if you're a former champion of the division and on a three-fight win streak versus three beasts in the division. Um, I just don't, I don't see anyone I don't see anyone beating Adesanya anytime soon. I think he's going to be on top of the division for a very long time. Um, Cannoneer beat Brunson in the in on the same card, second round TKO. I think. Yeah, it was a TKO. It wasn't a choke out. It was a TKO. Um, yeah, because he elbowed him in the face real hard. I tell you what. Cannoneer's going to have his handful, his hands full with Adesanya. I don't see a night where Cannoneer beats Adesanya. And I wouldn't be surprised if Adesanya is a 2-1, to one, if not a 3-1 to one favorite in going into that fight. I just don't see anyone beating Adesanya. And uh, I heard this from Brendan Schaub uh, today, actually, listening to his podcast. And I agree with him, where if Yuri, who is uh, fighting... Glover Teixeira for the light heavyweight championship. I'm pretty sure that's confirmed. If Yuri beats Glover, I reckon that Adesanya would be smart to go back up and attempt for that title again with someone who's a smaller light heavyweight um, in Yuri. Um, and Brandon Shaw was making that point today, and I agree with him. I agree with them. That probably should have been what they did to begin with because Jan Blakovich is so huge and just insanely thick and strong, but that's um, neither here nor there. Uh, Derek Lewis got knocked out by Tai Tuovasa in the, in the co-main event. Insane to me. I mean, I, I was not very surprised, but at the same time, I was. I was expecting Derek Lewis to win. They're fighting in Houston in his hometown, so that kind of surprised me, but... Um, you know, Tai Tuivas is a beast. He's one of those people that is, is always game, and he doesn't really give a bollock about what he looks like or what how he performs. He's just there to have fun and knock people out, and I think that that attitude, especially in the heavyweight division of the UFC, is is very useful because a lot of these people are so worried about the opposite. They're worried about what's going to happen. They want to not get hit or get knocked out because they know if they get hit once, they can get knocked the fuck out. I think Tai Tuovasa is the opposite. And I think he is what exactly what the UFC needs right now in terms of a huge star, marketable international star in the heavyweight division because you got Nganu, who's an uber star now. Stipe is a star. He's the the greatest heavyweight of all time, UFC heavyweight of all time. And now you got Tai Tuovasa in the mix. You got these other beasts in the division, but they're just not marketable. They don't do anything. So having Tai Tuovasa fight um, within the top five is very interesting. And I'm, a, I'm, hey, I'm on the train. I hope he, I hope he does well. I hope he wins. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then our next pay per view is Masvidal versus Covington. I mean, how. It doesn't get better than that. It doesn't get better than that. A little bit shorter of a breakdown than I usually do. What's the next UFC event? Let's see what the... Uh, Dos Andros, Is that... A, I thought that got moved. Oh, wait. We got Darius versus Islam? 
Makachev. Saturday. Oh, wow. I got to watch that fight. It says the next fight card is Dos Andros. Yeah, I, yeah, they moved it because the, the main event is Johnny Walker versus Jamahala Hill. I think they moved Dos Andros to UFC 272, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's the, co, it's the co-main. Edson Barboza versus Bryce Mitchell is also on that UFC 272 card, and that's going to be fire. That's going to be absolutely fire. Um, we'll talk more about the Covington versus Masvidal fight as the time gets uh closer as march saturday march 5th so that means batman that thursday and then masvidal versus covington that friday that saturday it's gonna be a big that's gonna be a big weekend boys it's gonna be a big one um but yeah i had a lot of fun watching the 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 card and um uh i'm a big izzy guy I hope he, I, big Izzy guy, but big Ty guy. I also love Derek Lewis. Um, I don't see a route Jan, Jared Cannonier beats Izzy, and we'll see what happens next with that. That's going to be interesting. But 33 minutes in, and I think I'm going to put, excuse me, I think I'm going to put time stamp, stamps below as to where I'm breaking up these episodes because I want to start talking about more, but I know there's people that just listen for the movies, Just pe- there's people that listen that like the UFC. There's Most people are just listening for the whiskey. And there's some... There, I, actually, I would say most people like to listen to the entire thing because I'm entertaining. But... I'm I'm thinking I'm going to start putting like sound bites in the, in the description itself, and that way you can kind of just fast forward to sections you want to listen to. Um, but... Uh, I think it's time we drink a little bit of whiskey. I think it's time we get a little bit of this Jack Daniels 10-year into our gullet. And that is what we are drinking today, folks, here at Who Gives a Dram Studios. Jack Daniels 10-year Tennessee whiskey, 48.5%, 97 proof. This is the first batch of what is going to be a staple in the Jack Daniels line moving forward. Um, they used about 200 barrels in this first batch. I think they said they made a right around 24,000 bottles total. So very, very, very limited, only 24,000. That was a joke. Um, the first age-stated whiskey that Jack Daniels has produced in over a century. I thought that was an interesting fact. Uh, Jack Daniels has several staples within their main line. They have the old number seven, the single barrel, single barrel, barrel proof, and then they have their, their all their you know they have Gentleman Jack, and then they have a lot, all their flavors and other things like that. Um, but this is going to be kind of what they're marketing as their more premium, readily available option. That's not readily available. We'll talk about more about that in a minute. Um. And you can't call it a bourbon. I think most people who are listening to this podcast probably know why you can't call Jack Daniels a bourbon, but I'll tell you why again. It's because once before once the mash is created and once they're getting ready to put it um, put the new make into barrels, um, they filter each drop through it's like 10 feet going down into, uh, uh, smoked charcoal. I have it written down. What is it? Um, maple charcoal. That's what it is. 
it goes it basically filters through maple charcoal it's called the lincoln county process it's something that jack daniels does it's something that george dickel does and that's why they're considered tennessee whiskey and not bourbon every other every other factor of jack daniels remains consistent with what is legally a bourbon except for that so there's a huge argument whether jack daniels is bourbon or not i'm gonna drink it regardless so i don't really give a shit um, I don't look at Jack Daniels. I don't look down on Jack Daniels because it's not a bourbon, because it's a Tennessee whiskey. I will drink it. I've had some fantastic single barrel selects from Jack Daniels, and I've had the Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof, which is bonkers, crazy, out of this world good. Um, too many, too many adjectives there. But um, that's really the, a little bit of Jack JD one hundred one for that ass. Uh, going into this whiskey review here, and I tell you, I tell you what, we've obviously broken into this bottle a little bit. I forgot how much we paid. I think we paid like fifty or sixty bucks for this. MSRP is seventy bucks, and why I say that this is going to be a quote readily available unquote uh, whiskey because you can't freaking find this anywhere. Are you serious? You try to find Jack Daniels 10, you're paying three, $250 to $300, sometimes even $400. We're going to say $250 to $300 as a ballpark. But the MSRP is at 70 bucks, So we're going we're gonna to grade this as a $70 pour, um, and we're going to see if it's, if it's going to be good or not. Again, it's 10 years, so just instinctively I'm putting this up against the likes of Russell's Reserve 10. I'm putting this up against the likes of uh, Eagle Rare and what other... What whatever other ten year bourbons are out there that I can just cannot think of right now, but uh, there's very rarely is there an age stated bourbon of ten years. There's they're few and far between, but they're all very good for what I can remember. I'm taking a quick looky poo behind me. See if I can see anything. No, nothing besides Eagle Rare. Uh, and the Russell's Reserve 10, which I actually just killed that bottle. I don't know where it is. I think it's in my closet. That's where I keep all my uh, all my empty bottles. There's about 100 of them. Um, but let's get into the actual review, guys. That's what you guys want to hear, so let's do it. And plus, I want to drink. I was I could not wait to record this podcast today, which is probably why I'm 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 going a little bit longer than usual because it just been a, it's been a it's been a few days, man. It's been fun, but it's just been long, and I needed to just get my thoughts out on the issues I wanted to get my thoughts out on and drink a little whiskey, and that's what we're doing now. Uh, I hate judging the color, honestly, because like, it looks like bourbon. It's a little lighter, I guess, than than other 10 years, maybe. I feel like this isn't as dark as Eagle Rare, maybe, but, I mean, it still looks delicious. Let's give it a little sniff. Oh, smells very, wow. Very bright is the first word that comes to mind on the nose. It smells like a higher proof Jack Daniels, honestly. And I I drank Jack Daniels two or three nights ago because I knew I was going to be recording this episode. And I wanted to have a little bit of a buffer going in as to what to expect. Now, was it good? Not really. It was fine. But I drank it neat in a Glencairn. I tried to like actually do a tasting. But this is very, oh man. Oh, I forgot to mention the mash bill. And I thought of this because this smells like dusty corn. This is 80% corn. It's 80% corn. What did I write down in my notes? 12% malted barley, 
and 8% rye. This smells very fruity and dry. Good amount of vanilla on there. But it's mainly more like it's corn. Like it just, it's it's bright, it's inviting, it's, maybe fruity's not the right word. Because it's not dark. There's no dark notes to this. There's no butterscotch. There's no caramel. There's no like dark candies like that. It's very like a fruity candy almost. Mmm. Smells terrific. A little bit of maple on there, which makes sense. Maybe I'm just thinking of maple from the Lincoln County process. Uh, but maybe like a little bit like a maple, a maple candy with some, with some old dusty corn in there. A little bit of sweet tobacco up in there as well. It's nice. It's inviting. It smells like a higher proofed Jack Daniels. So speaking of higher proof, I want to get some of this into my body. So to another week of who gives a dram, you guys cheers, drink some JD. way fruity on the on the palate especially on the back end hmm interesting first sip right there you guys interesting first sip I don't hate it and I like it but I don't know if I love it first sip was very tame what is it, 98, 97? A few proof po- points higher than Eagle Rare. I can't compare this to Eagle Rare. I can't. I got to get it out of my head. I got to grade it on its own. Let's take another sip. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually good. It's actually really good. I get like a spicy candy on the palate. Maybe like peppermint. Not spicy, spicy. Like a... What are those chewy, fruity... They're not Altoids. They're just like fruit chews or something. What are they called? I gotta Google this because that's what it tastes like. To to a point. It doesn't taste exactly like it. But chewy fruit candies. What are they called? Not juicy fruits. Just like fruit slices, I guess. Or I guess. Just fruit slices. Like I, I, I know there's a fucking word for them. What are they? Um, Not Laffy Taffy. It's like a, it's a spicy fruit slice. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's just called fruit slices. But like those spicy fruit candies. That's kind of what this tastes like. It has a bit of a kick to it. Especially like mid-palate. Very On the very front, it's nothing but like vanilla and candied fruit. And then it hits a little bit more of that spice. 
but it's like a sweet spice. It's not like a like a rye spice or a barrel spice. I guess maybe the barrel's playing off a little bit into into the palate, but not a whole hell of a lot. Kind of tastes like cough medicine, but in a good way. <laughs> I hate cough medicine. Maybe like black cherry. I get definitely uh, tobacco on the back and like that tobacco sweetness that we always talk about. And then vanilla throughout. It's good. It's good. This is very tame. It's 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 intense compared to JD old number seven, but it's very tame in terms of of what it is. It, there's not a lot. I don't want to say there's not a lot going on in here in this glass, but maybe it's just the hype of the bottle itself where you expect it just to blow your socks off. It, let me put it this way. If you're paying $300 for this bottle, and I've said this before on the podcast, and I'm going to say it again, put on a, put on a vest, put a bunch of zippers on it, and take a hike. Go jump in the ocean and don't come back. I'm pretty sure I've said both of those on the podcast before. If you're paying anywhere over, honestly, MSRP for this, like, what are you doing, dude? This is good, but it's not that good. I'm even struggling to, 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 um, like, I'm even struggling to, to make this worth $70, to be completely honest with you guys. Like, it's good. I've, it's got that, like, black cherry candied, like, f- spicy fruit slices. That's what, it, that's what I get. I should pair this, like, whiskey, like my boy Eric at Whiskey Mutant, um, with candied fruit slices, those spicy ones, and see if it goes well together. I feel like that would be a good pair for this. Hashtag pair everything. Shout out to Eric. Such a good guy. And if you don't listen to This Is My Bourbon podcast, what are you doing? It's one of my favorite ones. Eric and Perry are awesome. I love listening to their podcast. Plus, we both listen to um, this, uh, what's it called? The Weekly Planet podcast with uh, Mr. Sunday Movies and his co-host. I'm forgetting his name right now. But top-tier podcast if you're a movie lover and if you're a TV lover and you're a comedy lover because it is like a staple in my podcast queue. Um they, I mean, probably the best movie podcast out there if I had to pick one. Film and Whiskey is good, too. Film and Whiskey is a good movie podcast as well. Shout out to those guys. Um, <clears throat> and so is Who Gives a Dream, starting into a, a movie podcast, kind of. Uh, but overall, I mean, listen, man. This is JD. It's good. It's very solid. It's very solid. There is no way I am even, like saying anywhere near this secondary price is even remotely appropriate for this bottle that's all hype i would honestly if i didn't know the price of this i'd say 70 dollars is a high price for this i would say this is like a 50 dollar bottle msrp yeah 
it's good. It's good. Like, I'm not going to say it's bad. It's it's good. I like that, like, it's a very interesting back part of the palette with that black cherry that I'm I'm at least getting. It doesn't mean you have to get it. I'm getting it. And then mix it in with a bit of a of a of a more it it goes from sweet to a bit more spicy and then sweet on the way down. There's no heat to it. Which I quite enjoy. 80% corn. This is right up my alley in terms of a a, a sweeter bourbon. I love my I love my weeders. I love my uh, <laughs> I love my wieners. Love I love my weeders. I love my high corn mash bills. This is right up my alley. And this is good. I, I would drink this as like a daily sipper. But for 70 bucks, I don't know if it's a $70 bottle, to be just 1,000% honest. Um, given that, I'd probably give this like an 8.4. If this was $20 less, it'd be in the nines. But I just can't justify spending $70 on this when I can get Eagle Rare for 40 bucks if if that maybe even even less and russell's reserve for right around the same price um so stamp that 8.4 jack daniels 10 year it's if you find the bottle msrp you should buy it Uh, you you 1000 should buy it just please don't spend the money on the secondary for this bottle no hate to jack daniels i you know, otherwise, this is this is great. I I love this. I'm so happy that we found it for retail, and I am going to continue to drink it. But 8.4 Jack Daniels, uh, 10 year. Um, so there we go. The hype behind that bottle, not really worth it, but it's also pretty freaking good. <clears throat> and with that being said, we're 50 minutes in, so it is time for me to end the show. And I want to end the show by saying thank you to everybody who is listening, who has been listening, who are new listeners. It means the world that you're checking out my whiskey podcast, my my thoughts every week on what is happening in my life, what's happening in whiskey, and reviewing another whiskey. It means the world that you that you stop by and check out my content. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and TikTok. It's all who gives a dram. Make sure you're following my other podcast, Bourbon with Friends. Um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok as well. Make sure you're subscribed there. Um, if you're still listening at this point, leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me just to have at least a five-star rating if you think it's five stars. Or leave a leave a, leave a little cute review. Say I, say I look cute or something like that. That would make my day. Um, and be on the lookout, Bourbon with Friends, uh, this weekend. We are getting together. The, the friends behind the Bourbon with Friends are getting together. Uh, for a weekend full of shenanigans and I am so 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 excited to go down and this is just another another step in the whiskey journey you guys those of you guys have been with me since day one I'm sure you can tell that this is kind of a big deal to me so even though it's just a more of it's business but it's also leisure so mixing the two I'm just so excited I'm so excited to go down so um, until next week you guys make sure you go buy my merch uh, com. Uh, $35 for a sweatshirt. If you buy one, let me know. Let me know. Um, hit me up on Instagram or, or Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Just let me know you bought one. I'd love to know who has some of my merch out because it won't be up forever. It won't be up forever. But um, this is my first for, my first step forward in the merch game, and I hope that you guys enjoy um, the sweatshirt. And I appreciate you guys for getting one because that's really the best way you can help me. 
um, as a as a show, as a podcast, as a brand. Um, but on that note, it's time to go. It's time to go. So Nick Bossy's playing me out, you guys. What happened to country? As always, my brother Nick Bossy. Um, and as oh oh, by the way, gotta remember this as well. Next week, next week, we are we are reuniting the Canadian Takeover. I'm having uh, Mike at Whiskey Morgue and Daryl at Whiskey Sith back on the show. Um, we're going to be sampling some more Canadian whiskey and talking a whole lot of nonsense. So be ready for that next week, Canadian Takeover Part 2. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing my my good buddies and, and drinking whiskey and talking some shit with them. So on that note, now it's time, finally time to go. Have a great rest of your week, you guys. I appreciate you guys uh, checking out the show, supporting the show. And as always, remember, whiskey's the water of life. So let's start living. My hands are tired from paying my bills. Staring at a bottle, aiming to kill. Weeks passing by and the seasons to change. And I'm playing my song, trying to make me a name. People say as they walk out the bar The kids gone places, maybe even a star They don't play country down in Nashville today Just the same chord progression With nothing to say What happened to country? Three chords and the truth And who's gonna step up? Fill their big shoes Writing songs about outlaws Singing all night And songs that'll make A grown man cry Auto-tune now down on Music Row True country died there a long time ago No, they don't play Waylon on the Boulevard But they'll do anything to be rock stars What happened to country? Three chords and the truth And who's gonna step up? Fill their big shoes, writing songs about outlaws, singing all night, and songs that'll make a grown man cry. I do believe that
there's hope for us yet Cause there's millions of people who cannot forget The way Johnny Cash brought a tear to their eyes Or how Marty Robbins painted Texas skies What happened to country? The cards and the truth And who's gonna step up And fill their big shoes Writing songs about outlaws and Singing all night And songs that'll make A grown man cry A grown man cry A grown man cry I won't let country die